going back to my apartment and walking in the door and like looking around at everything and being like, this could be someone coming, like my mom coming into my apartment right now to like get rid of my shit and like pick out what she would keep to remember me by that. uh, Like that thought of my mom walking in there and having to like, like what would she keep to remember her daughter by was like crippling. Welcome to the Live Your Fuck Yes Life podcast, your place for all things health, wellness, self-care, and real talk. I'm Amanda Catherine Loy, health coach, actor, and badass extraordinaire. Each week, I'll bring you a guest or a thought with some serious real talk to help you find your passion, speak your truth, and get you one step closer to living your fuck yes life. Are you ready? Here we go. Hey, 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 you guys. Welcome to episode 70 of the podcast and the start of October. Holy fuck. Like we are here. It's kind of crazy. Um, and this month, you guys, means a lot to me specifically um, because, as you know, it is Breast Cancer Awareness Month, which is something I deeply am passionate about. Um, and I will be talking a lot over on my Instagram about breast cancer awareness and also um, things you need to know about BRCA, um, which if you've been listening to the podcast for a while, you have some ins and outs around. Um, but I also am so excited because... Um, This month, there are some incredible, incredible conversations coming your way. Today's being no exception for that. And I don't want to talk to you guys too much about that because obviously we're going to deep dive in. Um, But I just wanted to say, like, I thank you. Like, thank you for being on this journey with me. Um, I know sometimes it can maybe feel like, you know, at least for me, it can often feel like we're, you know, on other sides of the, of this, this weird world that we live in where it's also technology based and, you know, the, the in-person connection doesn't always happen, but I've gotten to connect with so many of you guys on Instagram and, um, hearing your reviews and, um, everything on the podcast, like light, it lights me up and I read all of them and genuinely like connecting with you guys as individuals is something that has meant so much to me, whether you've, like I said, you know, DM'd me on Instagram or um, whether we've connected um, and you've joined the Live Your Fuck Yes Life membership, which a lot of you guys have, which has been so awesome to get to know your hearts better and actually support you from a coaching standpoint or even work with you one-on-one. It has been such a gift and truly I love it. Like I love getting to know your hearts. I love seeing your version of the mess and what, you know, the podcast has done for you. So just know that like as we're in season three, like I, this, this can be a lot of work to, to maintain a podcast. I do this for free, you know, um, and I do it out of the, out of the, the bottom of my heart because this message and these conversations and the teachings that I share on here are things that I so wish that I had had, um, growing up and and coming into my own and still um you know th- yes there are so many podcasts these days that you can you can have access to but I often feel like there's just this missing piece of the real connectivity tissue. And I've heard from so many of you that you truly love listening to this every week because you have a safe space where you genuinely feel the authenticity and the vulnerability. And it's not, you know, tied up in a bow. And that's why I do this every single week. So just know that. I love you all so goddamn much, and it has been such a fucking gift for me to show up here for you, and that's why I do it every fucking week, Um, 
that's why I am committed to doing it um, moving forward for as long as y'all have me because this work means so much to me and I just wish that I had had something um, and someone in my corner um, while I was going through the mess and and sometimes I, I still feel that way. So, um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm here with you. I'm walking alongside of you. And in that vein, I also wanted to let you guys know, um, I've kind of touched on this a little bit, um, but I wanted to officially officially announced since it is Breast Cancer Awareness Month and we are starting all of these interviews that I have been writing a book this year. Yeah. Um, And you guys, it is launching December 3rd. Um, It is going to be available to purchase on Amazon that day. Um, And it's called I Chopped Off My Tits. It is autobiography meets comedy meets intentional self-help action. Um, As you know, I am a mindset and wellness coach. And a lot of the work I do in the Live Your Fuck Yes Life membership and also with my one-on-one clients is rooted in fear and navigating overwhelming, messy things like we talk about on this podcast um, and, and implementing really intentional tools. And I've taken everything I've learned from my own journey, um, especially around my journey navigating my surgery which, you know, I've talked about at length on here, um, but I haven't talked about it in nitty gritty, in-depth details. Um, and I will be giving you guys kind of an, an update um, later this month around how I'm doing almost a year post-surgery. Um, so stay tuned for that. But this book is really like my resource for all of y'all, whether you are someone who is, you know, has breast cancer in their family and or maybe has BRCA um, and doesn't have a resource for, you know, in somebody in your 20s because fuck, there just aren't those out there. Um, you know, that is this is for you, but it's also for you if you have ever, ever navigated something traumatic in your life, a breakup, a job loss, a death of a loved one, um, you know, an anxiety panic attack, um, feeling like you're a complete fucking mess in life. There are actionable tools throughout. Um, we talk about fear a lot and how to flip the script on that. And I give you detailed tools that you can start implementing in your own life that I teach with my clients. It's all going to be in this incredible book. Um, and it's also, of course, going to be weird AF because y'all know I am. Um, and I'm in the, the, the stages right now of, um, editing the second draft. Um, so it's written y'all. Um, so we're just tweaking things. I'm go, you know, go about to go on my cover shoot for it. Um, and it's going to be so fun. So I'll be taking you guys along the journey of that more in depth, um, on my Instagram too. So be sure that we're, you're, you're following and we're, we're going along. Um, but if you want all the nitty gritty deets as soon as we get closer and closer, cause there's going to be a pre-launch, um, for everyone on the VIP list, um, make sure you head to, uh, my website, amandacatherineloy.com forward slash book. And all you have to do is just put your information in. So you're the first to know. Um, again, it's going to be launching December 3rd, but where there's going to be a bit of a pre-launch, um, and fun prizes as well for some of y'all who are in that space. So again, that link will also be in the show notes, but I'm so excited. Um, and I just wanted to officially announce that on here, um, especially given what this month it means for me, um, and probably for a lot of you too. Um, and so that being said, we're also entering fall. So um, I hope that you are, you know, getting your sweaters on and that you are, you know, doing all the pumpkin things and um, going apple picking. I literally just went apple picking last weekend. It's so fun. Um, and I'm super, super pumped to be here with you and start the series um, of season three with an uh, interview series with the fan-fucking-tastic Sarah Ordo. But before we do... This episode is brought to you by the Live Your Fuck Yes Life membership, my new online and affordable AF 
platform where you get badass mindset coaching from yours truly, support from guest experts about sex, relationships, self-care, mental health, and health, and a true community with daily conversations on how to handle this bumpy AF journey we call life. This is perfect for you if you put everyone and your mother before yourself, or maybe you want to feel less burnt out, but you have no fucking clue where to start, or maybe you're just tired of joining every free Facebook group in the land looking for support and never getting what you really need. The Live Your Fuck Yes Life membership is for you, sister. And as a podcast listener, you get 10% off your monthly subscription. So go to www.amandacatherineloy.com forward slash membership and type in code L-Y-F-Y-L. That's capital L-Y-F-Y-L at checkout to snag 10% off. See you there. Okay, let's get into the thick of it. So if you don't know who Sarah Ordo is, get ready because she and I, if you love this podcast and you love me, like you're going to love this human. She and I have connected honestly, originally because we both love the word fuck. <laughs> her uh, her podcast that she has is called Her Best Fucking Life. And she is real. She is down to earth. Um, she is also just like unapologetically herself. And she has been through a lot in her life. And we deep dive into that, specifically her sobriety journey and what her rock bottom looked like and um, navigating her quarter life crisis and how that also brought her to entrepreneurship. We have super similar stories and while they look differently from the outside in terms of what we did and why we got there, um, our journeys and our paths have been super fucking similar. And I think that's why when we met online, we were immediately like, "Wow, soul sister connection. Um, but what I appreciate so deeply about Sarah is just her intense willingness to be completely an open book, something that I personally um, strive for every single day with y'all and just in my life in general. Um, and she's accomplished so much um, and just goes to show you what it what it looks like to be able to really turn your fucking life around. So if you're, if you're not familiar with her, she is, as she likes to call it, your not-so-typical millennial girl just craving to make moves and leave her mark on the world. She's a little bit of a do-it-all kind of human. Um, like, seriously, she does all the things. So she's an entrepreneur. She's the owner of a 24 Lux Hair and Makeup um, in Detroit. Um, so if you live in the Detroit area, hook her, like get yourself hooked up because she's amazeballs. Um, so she does like on-location hair and makeup for um, weddings and events. She's also a licensed makeup artist, a self-published author of so many books. Her first book that she launched that really like launched her success was um, Sober AF. Um, and it's real and amazing. Um, she's a podcast host, like I said, a YouTuber, um, a life coach, a workshop creator, and she's been organizing a lot of um, live local events in the Detroit area too. So she is like me in the sense that she's a jack of all trades. Um, and we really talk about so many incredible things in this in this episode. Um, you know, we talk about her journey with alcoholism. We talk about her near death experience um, and how that really like flipped the switch for her life. Um, we talk about how, you know, not feeling good enough and, and endlessly feeling that way um, can really make us make choices that don't align with where we want to be. Um, you know, we talk about what it's like to be a writer and um, an entrepreneurship a little bit. Um, we also talk about the importance of asking for help and all sorts of stuff. And as always, we get weird, quirky and an honest AF. So without further ado, y'all, Sarah Ordo. Hey, Sarah, welcome to the podcast. Hello. I feel like it's so weird that we haven't had you on yet. Like, I feel like we've been talking for so long and like I came on your <laughs> podcast and I'm like, okay, like it's about fucking time you come on. 
feel like I you're do that sometimes like that. too, where I'll be sitting there and I'll be like, why have I not had this person on yet? Like we talk all the time. Yeah, I know you guys, Sarah and I, I don't even know how we found each other and connected probably our mutual know. love of the word fuck. Mm-hmm. Um, but like immediately it was, this is like, okay, I see you. You're my people. We are very similar vibe. Our communities yeah. are so deep, like deeply intertwined and yet like also really different in cool ways, mm-hmm. which I love. Um, and you guys are about to fall in love. I know a lot of you guys already love her. So a lot, you're going to fall in love if you don't know who she is. Like, get ready for your minds to be freaking blown and for her energy to just, like, uplift you. Because I watch her stories every day just because I love her so goddamn much. And she's so real. So oh welcome to the pod. So I'm so nice. pumped you're here. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to listen to this every morning. Yeah, just, like, boost it up as you're, like... <laughs> booster real quick yeah um but yeah for those people who do not know who the hell you are and what your crazy amazing story is I wanted to deep dive into some specific things obvi but can you sort of give the 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 overview of the Sarah Ordo story of like how she got to where she is today because it's been pretty insane like you've had a lot of shifts and growth so yeah Yeah, tell the people what they want to hear yeah it's been a little (laughs) crazy um So I always like to say that I'm like, you're like not so typical millennial that wants to like leave her mark on the world, but I am like a classic overachiever. I've got big dreams, crazy dreams, and I chase after them. Mm -hmm. So I feel like most people, I I didn't start in this area of career work. I actually was teaching preschool and then I had a, I went to cosmetology school and I was doing like hair and makeup for a little while, which I do still have a uh, hair and makeup company here in the Detroit area. Which is insanely amazing and does so well. Thank you. Yeah, Yeah, we do. We work really hard. I have some really talented people and we go on location and do hair and makeup for events. But yeah, like we've won all the local awards, which I'm so grateful and humble because it's all voted by like people we style and stuff. Mm -hmm. So it's very humbling. But that was my initial journey into the entrepreneur world. I ran that business and I was the lead makeup artist. And then what everyone kind of knows me for and everything really happened after I got sober. Um, I am four years and two months sober now. Mm-hmm. And when I got sober, I had no idea this was all going to happen, but I ended up self-publishing my first book when I was two years sober called Sober as Fuck, which is my most popular one. I feel like it's what most people know me from initially. Yeah. Um, and then I've gone on to self-publish six other items things that are on Amazon, Kindle. There's a seventh coming in a few days, actually. You're an insane human. (laughs) She's like, she cranks out books like nobody's business. Trust me, I'm crazy. (laughs) Um, There's an eighth one actually coming in the next few months. And then I've got a ninth one already scheduled for like next year that I'm like, yep, this is happening. So I'm doing all that. I've got a podcast called Her Best Fucking Life, which Amanda has come on and mm-hmm. chatted about her story a bit. And I have a YouTube channel that's under my name, Sarah Ordo. That actually started as a beauty YouTube. Like I wanted to be a beauty guru at one point. So I still do post on there. It's obviously just changed a little bit yeah. what I'm posting. Um, so I do that. I've done a lot of like online workshops and worked with clients doing mindset coaching. And then most recently and most exciting, I've started hosting live events for women and female empowerment here in the Detroit area, which mm-hmm. has been fucking insane. The first one was just this past week and it was called Her Best Fucking Brunch. It sold out. It was one of the coolest things I've ever done in my life. And now I just want to do more. So 
that's where we're at. (laughs) Okay. So that's like the overview, the big picture, but like, I want to know the nitty gritty details. Like obviously you didn't just snap your fingers and decide to be an entrepreneur. So like this journey is very, very crazy. So like what, what led you to like even wanting to take that path in the first place? And like you, yes, you're a four year sober, which I want to dive into a shit ton today, but Mm -hmm. like, obviously I'm sure that there were a lot of things that led to that decision of stopping drinking. So like, where were you that like led to make all these shifts? You know what I mean? Like, what was that? I don't know, rock bottom or this, this podcast is really initially like when I first dreamed it up, it was like, okay, we all have quarter life crises. We all have moments in our lives where we're like, I am at rock bottom and I don't know where the fuck to go. And we don't have anywhere to look. And so I'm like, fuck this. Like I'm providing a space where I'm telling truthful, authentic stories with women who have mm-hmm. had that experience and also are experts who know how to get the fuck out. And you are right. like the epitome of all of that and rolled into one. And so like, what was your rock bottom? Like, what was that moment and quarter life crisis where you're like, I can't, I can't anymore. You know, you're like... <laughs> For me, it was like laying on the bathroom floor and sobbing and working seven part-time jobs and like all my health stuff. But like, right. it looks different for all of us. And I think it's really important to share that piece too. So, yeah, um, I feel like I had a lot of those moments. I mean, obviously the reason I got sober is the biggest one, which I'll get into in a second, yeah. but I feel like I had a lot of those moments. Like I can remember being in college. I was going to school for early childhood. I, I have my bachelor's degree in early childhood, but I remember thinking I didn't want to do that, but my parents wanted me to do that. And I knew Mm. I wanted to do something on my own. So I was trying to go to beauty school at the same time. And I remember having complete burnout meltdowns where I would just be like sobbing hysterically. And I'd be like, I can't do this. I'm dropping one of these classes. Yeah. And I would have this like sobbing meltdown because I think I was so conflicted about like what to do. And I was listening to outside people and I, I wasn't listening to myself. But I will say that obviously my drinking led me to a lot of rock bottoms. And I I can honestly say, I think it has a lot to do with why I really dove into starting my first business and being an entrepreneur is because I really relied on this idea that, okay, my drinking's really heavy. I'm blacking out every weekend. I'm taking drugs every weekend, Mm. but look at how successful I am. Right. So clearly I don't have a problem, right? right? Like I'm still okay. Cause like, but look at my business. I'm Mm. successful. I'm paying my own bills. I live on my own. Mm. So I'm not an alcoholic. Like that was always my cycle. Yeah. So to prove to myself that I didn't have an issue, I threw myself into work because that was what I had. And every time, you know, if a guy screwed me over, cheated on me, I threw myself into my work. It was always like a really good distraction for me in the beginning Mm -hmm. because it was like, well, look at how good I'm going to do. And I think I honestly had, now that I'm older and I can look back and I've been in therapy and everything and I can really process it all. I've always had this really weird need to feel like I'm good enough or doing enough. Like I need outside reassurance, which I think I lacked a lot of in my younger years. So it it always put me in this cycle of needing to be acknowledged for what I was doing. Totally. And I, I know that really got me like deep in it. And like, now I'm not stuck in that cycle anymore, but like, I see it so vividly in my past now with the way I was. Mm. So that was definitely something I had overcome, but I mean, my sobriety, definitely my biggest rock bottom was And honestly, I can say there were so many times that should have been a rock bottom Mm. that I was so 
blinded and alcohol was so normalized to me that I didn't even see it. Yeah. It like rationalized everything to me, like sexual assault, rape. Those should have been things like, holy shit, I need to do something. And at the same time, I was almost dumbing them down and playing them off because, oh, well, I was really drunk, which doesn't make it okay. But to me, it made it okay at the time. So I really blocked out a lot of shit because of my cycle of addiction, my alcoholism. And the thing that finally, like my biggest rock bottom, the thing that finally opened my eyes and made me get sober was I, I write about it in Sober as Fuck. That's kind of what the beginning of the book is about. But I went to a music festival, got, did my typical pre-drink, drank when I got there, was completely blacked out. I don't remember any of it, but I took a bunch of drugs from someone I didn't know. And I ended up collapsing on the concrete in downtown Detroit and had to be rushed to the emergency room by ambulance. And they were losing my pulse. My body was completely shutting down because like I'm five feet tall. Mm. I'm a small ass girl. (laughs) I was completely blacked out, had such a high blood alcohol level and then took such a toxic combination of drugs because I didn't know what the hell I was taking. I was so drunk. I just took it. And my body was completely shutting down. It couldn't handle everything. So I was taken to the hospital. I had a seizure, bit halfway through my tongue, woke up there. I was ripping IVs and wires out of my arms. And like the nurses were running over to hold me down. Like I didn't know what happened, where I was, what was going on. And, you know, a doctor basically told me, was like, I don't know how you pulled through this. And he said, like, your body was shutting down on itself. Like, I don't know how you pulled through it. And I didn't even take it seriously at that moment. Wow. I was so fucked up and in denial. Like, I was telling the friend that someone called to come to the hospital because I was by myself that, well, let's go to the after party and see if they're there. And I wanted to get my phone. Wow. Like, I was still so in denial. And like, you know, overwhelmed by the experience or was it just sort of like, you were so in that space that it just didn't even feel, you didn't even have the space to feel those things. I was still so like fucked up and out of it. When, even when I left the hospital yeah, that I, it didn't really hit me until the next day when I talked to my mom, because like my mom, someone told my mom I was at the hospital. My mom was trying to call to mm. see and they wouldn't tell her anything. So my mom doesn't know if her daughter's dead, like oh my God. She's out of town. It was just crazy. Like people were trying to find me. They didn't know if I was okay. It was just like this huge thing. And I remember the next day, like seeing my mom and completely breaking down. She was completely, you know, like hysterical, like what the hell? And I remember having to sit down and like write out apology letters to everyone Mm. and be like, I'm so sorry. I put you in a position where you didn't know if I was alive. Yeah. Like, that's so fucked up. And putting my mom in that position, like, I can't even imagine. I don't have kids yet. I can only imagine what that feels like, though, to get a phone call that your daughter's in the hospital and you're calling the emergency room and they won't tell you anything over the phone and you're hours away. Like, I, you know, once, once I was completely sobered up, the next day saw everyone and it was like, I could be dead right now. Yeah. Like that was the most fucked up thing going back to my apartment and walking in the door and like looking around at everything and being like, this could be someone coming, like my mom coming into my apartment right now to like 
get rid of my shit Mm. and like pick out what she would keep to remember me by. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I can't even that, uh, like that thought of my mom walking in there and having to like, like, what would she keep to remember her daughter by? Yeah. Was like crippling. So was that the turning moment for you? Like, was that, yes, I have not had a drop of alcohol since then. So how did that go? Cause I imagine that it wasn't just a flick of the switch, you know, like as, as somebody who resonates with addictive tendencies, like I am an Enneagram seven. I, are you two? Do you know your Enneagram type? I don't, I don't know. I feel like I I should. I'm probably the same. Yeah. (laughs) But there, you know, like learning about that was super helpful for me because I was like, Oh, that explains why I was a binge eater for so long and why I have addictive personality. Like I know that about myself. Um, Alcohol was never my drug of choice, but food was, and it was crippling and it's such a process to overcome. Like I, you know, it's like smokers, like it's, some people can quit cold Turkey. I don't know how. Um, but I've watched a lot of friends like try and, and navigate through a bunch of different things. And like, how was that process for you? And you know, what were some of the tools that have helped you along? Cause you mean four years sober is like nothing. That's amazing. Like that's nothing to scoff at. That is incredible. And I know a lot of people, are, who are listening are probably, you know, thinking to themselves, Hey, like, okay, is that something that I need to start implementing and like, you know, gut check yourself, whether it's alcohol or something else in your life that even work, you know, like we can throw ourselves into work. I do that. Like, I mean, it's a better option than like, you know, food or alcohol, but it's still an addiction. And so like, how, how did you kind of start that process? Like, what was that like for you? I am very stubborn. I'm very, I can do this. Watch me. You know, that's me. So I was very hard headed about it at first. And I was like, okay, I'm just going to be sober. And I think it was almost like a, a weird twisted challenge to myself in a way that like I wanted to win. Yeah. And so at first I, <laughs> I decided that I was just going to keep living my life the way I was living and just not drink. Sure, 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 sure. Which was a terrible fucking idea. <laughs> So I literally was going to the bars, getting dressed up in my hoochie little outfits and going to the bars with my friends still and just not drinking and being the DD. And I didn't want to, I was so used to that like lifestyle. I felt like I was going to miss out. I wasn't going to see my friends that I was Mm. trying to like keep myself in it, but also be this new person, but hold on to the old, like it was so weird. Right. And I tried to do it for a while. And I can remember a few times like driving home afterwards, like crying in my car at two in the morning. Like, what am I doing? Because it was so uncomfortable. Mm. It was so weird to me. And I couldn't handle it the way I thought I could, but I kept trying to. Yeah. And I remember for a while I continued like trying to live that life until Honestly, when I was like six months sober was when like shit really started to get real for me. I really fell into like bouts of like depression and like anxiety started getting really bad. And I think it was because I was starting to realize how much I was going to have to let go of. Mm. And I started, you know, like some of my friendships weren't really being the way they were anymore because I wasn't going out with these people. And it was, I was losing so much of, of what I, you know, was connecting to my identity, my friends, what I did, who I was, that I was just like so desperate for something to be constant in my life. Mm. And I went through 
two very unhealthy relationships back to back during that time. And I think that just like lit it on fire because I was almost trying to latch onto men to be that constant. And then when they would screw me over or cheat on me or leave me, it was like a whole nother rock bottom. Yeah, for sure. And I can say like, I definitely hit the lowest of my lows during that time. I had the, my most serious like episodes of depression during that time where I was actually like scaring myself. Yeah. And I would be literally, it would be like 4 PM and I'd be sitting there thinking like, I wish it was later so I could just go to bed. Right. And I am such a outgoing go-getter like yeah. person that for me to be that way was really scary. And I knew I had to get help. Mm-hmm. I couldn't do this on my own like I thought I could. And it was it was hard for me to accept that. It definitely took me a long time. But once I was open to the idea of help, mm. I initially really connected to religion and like faith. I started going to a non-denominational church back then. I don't go anymore, but... I was going to one that at the time I really resonated with mm-hmm. and I started doing that. I didn't go to therapy until I was over just before a year sober, which is insane to me. You know what though? It's no not meetings. insane to me though. Like yeah. as someone who's navigated that, not the sober process, but a similar process with food, I mm-hmm. didn't start seeing or anxiety or anything. I didn't start seeing a therapist until fucking like six months ago consistently, Yeah, which is like, I, I think I, as we somebody, are so similar. we're so similar <laughs> and I, and everyone listening is too, because overachievers, people who like to like yes. be the person who just like makes everything work and just like figures it out on their own. And I think that it, it can feel like a failure mm-hmm. to admit that you need help. Yes. And I think that it is the biggest gift that you can ever give yourself to say, I can't do this alone. Like right. even in the smallest way, like at your house with your partner cleaning the house or like looking after the dog or if you have kids, like, you know, like I can't do this by myself. Like, can we find a way for, you know, each other to support whatever or hiring a coach or doing something external to you where you're not taking on all of the things like why is it as women that we are like that? It is, it is, I, every woman I work with, everyone in this community is like that. Like it baffles my brain. (laughs) Yeah. Well, it's weird for, especially for people like us, it's weird to say, I can't do this. Mm. Weird to ask for help because it's, it's, we think it's wrong. We think it's failure. We're not good enough. Like we should be able to do it all and be super women. Right. But like, honestly, I can say when I opened up to that idea and went to therapy, like therapy has been my Mm. most powerful tool in my sobriety that I don't know how I even got to a year without it now. Yeah. Yeah. And it helped me get so much deeper because for a lot of people like that I talk to, they're like, Oh, I just, I'm just going to stop drinking. And like, if you're just going to do that though, at some point it's not going to work because if, cause honestly for me, like not drinking was the easy part. It was all the other shit that came up. Yeah. And that's what I was going to say too. Like, I think that Sarah brings up a really important point, you guys, which is that it's not the thing. It's all of the stuff around the thing, right? Like your drinking, my binge eating was like an action that took place out of a space of deep unworthiness or, (laughs) you know, inner stuff that was really not in a good place or anxiety or, you know, feeling the need to control something in your life. Um, 
like that is why the inner work and whether it's therapy or working with a mindset coach or having somebody in your corner to really, really navigate this process with and do the inner work to like impact the outside, right? It is, it is a symptom of that and it is a bandaid. And so like, yeah, you can go sober and maybe make that decision, but something else is going to pop up. That's going to take its place. Like for me, I don't know if you experienced this, but it sounds kind of like you did with the work stuff. But like for me, it went from I'm controlling my life with food and exercise to I'm controlling my life with work and like receiving attention via that that space and like the shiny penny syndrome of what that looks like. And like the last, I would say, year and a half, I've done so much deep inner work that has allowed me to actually be content with where I am. Mm -hmm. no matter what my external life is reflecting. And like, I didn't know that was possible to be completely transparent. Like, do you, do you feel like you had a similar hop, skip at a jump? You know what I mean? (laughs) Yeah. I mean, there's definitely like a lot of shit, a lot of hills along the way. Um, there was, because that's the thing, like there, like you said, there was so much from the past. There was so much from my life that was playing into things that like I had to come to that figure it out, deal with it and figure out how to get past it. But then there was going to be something else right after, because, you know, you don't just figure out one thing and it's like, Oh, cool. I'm fixed. Mm -hmm. Like we have so much shit, especially as we grow up, we're so influenced by things in our life or things that are said to us or things that are done. Like we have so many like weird things we need to overcome within ourselves that will directly impact the way we live our life. Yeah. And understanding that and getting past each one of those hurdles has only made me stronger. And kind of like you said, I'm at a point now where I'm like, if I would have known this, I didn't know it was, I didn't know it was possible to feel this way. Totally. Get to this point. Totally. And if I would have known, maybe I would have done it sooner. But I also think that there is so much like, I don't know, so much, I want to share so much compassion around that too, because I think that it's so easy for ourselves, especially as overachievers and people who like want to know it all and want to do it all to like beat ourselves up about not having known these things or made these realizations and wish we'd done it sooner. But I think that that's part of the process too. And like, I'm really grateful that I had all of those moments because I don't think I would be here now if I hadn't. And like, if you're in that space right now, you're in the muck, which is fucking a normal as shit. Like, yeah. can we just put that out there? Muck. Yeah. <laughs> like if you're in the fuck, like you're in, you're in good company, yeah. but two, like, that's okay. That's part of the process. And it doesn't make you any less of a person or any less as like a, have any less potential or worthiness. It just means that you are figuring it out and you're going to have these aha click moments and light bulbs mm-hmm. where you're like, Oh, like, yes, this is what it means to truly be myself. And this is what it feels like to come home. Um, Which is as someone who's, I feel like there right now, it's just, it's baffling. Like I, I never thought it could happen. And so I hope that this is inspiring to hear from both of us that like it can, and it will, if you Mm -hmm. do, if you do the work that will get you there. So I appreciate you sharing that because I think it's, I think it can look, you know, it, we can, it can look really shiny on the outside, right? Like our lives can look like, oh, we're doing all these things. And like you and me both are like, we constantly have stuff going on, like yes. launching shit left, right and center. Like, I don't know how not to be like that. And it can look like we have our shit together. But the reality is we're just normal people who have a passion for doing this shit and are doing the work too, you guys. Like, yeah. I know this firsthand about Sarah, like she is 
in the work all the time. And, um, you know, like that, I think that is just like a lesson. Like if you want the shiny stuff too, and if you want to like have purpose and fulfillment, just like keep doing the work and keep following the gut tugs. Cause that's mm-hmm. what leads you to where you need to be. I think. Yeah. And I can honestly say like, I'm so thankful for my shit now mm. looking back because like I wouldn't have hit that rock bottom. If I wouldn't have a drinking issue, I wouldn't be doing any of these things. I wouldn't 100%. be who I am doing what I'm doing. And so as much as it's like, everyone's like, Oh wow, you had to go through that. And like, sometimes people are like, wow, that's so crazy. Like that sucks. Like blah, blah, blah. at the same time, I'm like, I, you couldn't pay me to change my past mm. now because it taught it, it's invaluable. Like yeah. you couldn't put a price on it. Yeah. I, I learned and grew so much that I never would have done had I not gone through what I went through. Yeah. So, okay. So what inspired you? Cause obviously you were doing the, the makeup and, and, and hair stuff, but what inspired you to, cause really you're like multiple entrepreneur journey started with writing your books. Yeah. Yeah. So what started the process of that? Where did you just start writing one day and be like, I think I'm writing a book. Like how did that go? <laughs> okay. So I had my YouTube channel. I was, I wanted to be a beauty YouTuber. Right, right, right. So I was like doing all the product reviews and <laughs> I are those still up on your YouTube? I want to like yeah, go back. I have videos up there that are like years old. I'm obsessed. Still. I'm going to go stalk yeah. the shit out of you. Please go watch them because like there's ones where I'll do like the new Tarte liquid lipstick and I'll do like the little like poses. I'm like, dead. On. Oh my God, please go watch them. They're so good. Um, <laughs> you'll really love it. But yeah, I, so I was, I was really into YouTube at that time. Yeah. I don't know what made me think of it. I don't know why I decided to do it. I had never done anything like this on there. It was all makeup and beauty and vlogs and stuff like that. I remember I sat down in my living room on the floor in my one bedroom apartment and I recorded it on my cell phone and I made a video when I was about to hit 30 days sober. Mm. And I, I don't, I don't know why. I don't know what made me want to do it. It was almost like I just wanted to talk about it and I yeah. wanted to get it out. Yeah. And I was so used to YouTube at that point where I was like, I'm going to make a YouTube video about it. And I think so many people in my life were like, why is she sober? That didn't know what happened sure. because I didn't publicize what happened that it was almost a way to kind of like, Hey, this is why I'm doing it mm. and put it out there without having to like <laughs> talk to people about it. Yeah. I wasn't ready to at that point. Absolutely. So I literally sat down, filmed this video about being 30 days sober and I did that first. People started finding it that weren't my normal YouTube beauty people because they were searching for it. And people would start emailing me and people would start commenting on it. Like I'm sober too. I went through something really similar to you. And I started having these connections to other people that were in journeys in sobriety that it was like, holy shit, there's a lot of people out there Mm -hmm. looking for this kind of thing. Mm -hmm. So I then started a blog. It was soberaf.com which I still have the domain and it reroutes to my website, but (laughs) I started this blog, soberif.com. And I just started writing like really deep, almost like journal type entries about certain things about my sobriety. Mm. And I was doing all that. And more and more people, I started making a video for like every milestone. So I made one for like six months sober on YouTube. I made one for a year sober on YouTube and more and more people were starting to follow it. And then I had a dream when I was like a year and a half sober-ish, yeah, a year and a half sober, I had a dream that I found a book on the floor and I picked it up and it mm. was pictures of me like wasted in the book. And I realized the words were like my story. Mm. And 
I woke up and I was like, well, I guess I'm writing a book because I'm like really weird about signs and things. Oh, me too, girl. Yeah. So yeah. So I was like, holy shit, am I writing a book? And I literally wrote that book, edited that book and self-published that book within six months. Mm Mm-hmm. Which was crazy, but at the time- <laughs> I'm like I nodding was, my head. <laughs> yes, I was in such this like self-work. I'm in sobriety. Mm-hmm. I'm in this growth period in sobriety. I was in therapy. I was really working on myself. Like I literally every single morning was sitting down, waking up with making my coffee and writing every single day. Like I threw myself so into it. And I think it was such a transformational mm-hmm. thing as well because- mm-hmm getting it all out, reliving everything. Like I had to re-go through so many emotions, but it was so therapeutic to put it on paper and to share it and to get it out. And that was honestly the first time I ever shared every single detail of my struggles with alcohol. And so like putting it out, I remember the day I launched the book, it was my two year sober anniversary, just just launched my first self-published book. I had a complete emotional breakdown, anxiety attack. I was crying. I was freaking out. I was like, oh my God, should I have done this? What if people read this? And they're like, what the fuck? Like, she's crazy. Like she's an addict. Like it was so many things. You're putting your deepest vulnerable self into the universe. And that is really scary to do. And it is like, girl, like you talking about your experience, it's like so my been my journey like this year like I I mean you guys know like I've been like navigating my post mastectomy journey and like writing this book which has been such it's been such a similar process you know sometimes you just have something in your heart and you can't help but let it just out and like you need to share every nitty-gritty detail and all the things and yeah like it's just I think it's so I think that is such a tell of like where your path needs to go when you have something that's so, so, so on your heart that you know you need to do, whether it's a, a pursue a, a new job opportunity or pursue a person in your life and like ha- and pursue that relationship or write a book if that's your, you know, whatever it is. But I think so often we don't follow those signs because of the fear of what putting that out is going to look like. And I'm not saying we're all meant to write books or all meant to share as openly as Sarah and I do on the online space, but I think listening to those clues is huge. And I, and I would say like, from what you've said, it sounds like that was kind of the the starting point for your business really like to fully own that side of yourself and say, fuck it. Like I'm going to be an entrepreneur, which I think you are, you and I are very like slash or similar (laughs) in the sense of like, I'm this slash this slash this slash this. And I love that. So yeah. Like has that, do you think like the the book piece, did you imagine writing like, I mean, what you have six published bus- books right now between your books and your workbooks on Amazon? Like that's fucking insanity, but also amazing. <laughs> like, did you, did you ever think you were going to be like a giant self-published author and like owner no. of a hair and makeup <laughs> company and coach and entrepreneur and a podcast host, like all these things now live event runner. Like, did you imagine that would be your life? No, not at all. I went to school to teach preschool. Yeah. Yeah. That's where I was at back then. Yeah. I was going to be a preschool teacher. Yeah. Like, no, none of this. And that's, that's the thing. Like when I think about it, I, cause sometimes I like get very like spiritual and weirdly like in a zone where mm-hmm. I think of like, if I had not gotten sober, mm-hmm. if that night didn't happen, what the fuck would I be doing right now? I so resonate. I would be living a, a completely different life. Mm-hmm. I could be dead. Number one, if I kept going down that whole path. Mm-hmm probably wouldn't be engaged, probably wouldn't be living in this house, probably wouldn't be doing 
any, like I would be living Mm -hmm. a completely different life. And Mm -hmm. it's mind boggling sometimes to think about it, that like Mm -hmm. that one thing changed everything in my life. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure you all can relate to that too. Like if you go back, I like to see, I had, I did this exercise in college. I went to like a super weird acting school college, you guys. So I did some weird ass shit, but I had this exercise with a voice teacher where she had us like meditate this process and we had to like visualize the river of our life. And throughout the river, we had all these stepping stones that got us to where we are today. And I just really, I've always loved that visual. And like, you could even do this. You could like draw your river and like put your stepping stones and be like, this is what led me to this. This would led me to this. And doing that exercise and going back and realizing like, oh my gosh, like if I hadn't done this, like if I hadn't moved to Chicago, I would have never met Kev. And if I hadn't healed my binge eating disorder, I would have never been coaching and doing the work I'm doing. We wouldn't live in this house. I wouldn't own my dog. I wouldn't, you know, be making like all this amazing money. Like it's just, it's baffling the, the steps that you, and sometimes they're the smallest things that you don't even think are going to make a shift. So I love that. And I don't know, you just sparked that fish. I haven't thought about that exercise in years. Yeah, It's crazy. It's crazy when you look back and like see all the parts and how they fit together. Yeah. Okay. So I want to pivot for a second um, about, because I think something that I resonate so deeply with you and honestly, I don't see a lot in the entrepreneurial world is doing so many things, right? Like you are what I like to call a slasher. Are we going to talk about niching? That's my least favorite word in the world. I fucking Uh, hate it. But it's like, you know, and and maybe you you can resonate with this, like not from a business standpoint, but from a like person who feels like they're pigeonholed into one thing. And, you you know, it's like you want to do all these things. And I'm the personality type. Like I get so bored if I'm constantly doing the same thing. And I feel like we're super similar. You're like nodding your head. (laughs) And I just think. But I also think that it can be really scary as you're walking into the entrepreneurial world because you're right. Everyone tells you, all the business coaches, except for mine because she's amazing, tell you like you have to do – pick one thing. You have to focus on one area in order to attract your people. And maybe that works for some people, but I know for me that always felt so stifling and I felt wrong for wanting to be this like multi-passionate entrepreneur who is an actor and a podcast host and speaker and writer and yeah. all of these things. So like, has that journey been hard for you to just like own or like, how has that process been? I think niching down is bullshit. I see it from an advertising and a business standpoint. Yeah. If you're targeting ads, if you have an ideal client, I get that. Yeah. But for me, like when people are paying hundreds of dollars to take like figure out your niche courses and like save your fucking money. Why are you like to me? Okay. Everybody is so unique, has so many different things to offer. Mm. Nobody is good at just one thing. I get it from the business standpoint. I get it that it helps you target specific people for your product or your service or whatever it is. But I think telling people that they can only focus on one thing is one of the most limiting Mm. things, like stripping the individuality of a person. Yeah. Look at fucking JLo. That's all I'm going to say. Yeah. I mean, you're so right. Like, JLo does everything. She had a perfume. Yeah. Yeah. She's a singer. She's an actress. She was on In Living Color. She was a dancer. Like, yeah. fuck you. If JLo can do it all, I'm fucking doing it all too. Yeah. And I love that. Like, I, I felt really similar. I felt really similar the last few years, but 
I have to say like early on, I felt really stuck because I felt like I was bashing my head being like, Mm -hmm. I want to do this. I want to do that. But I'm being told that's not the right way to go about it. And like felt like I was being confined to this box, Mm -hmm. you know, where you're like, fuck the box. Like, I just want to live my life, you know, for a while. And it's funny because I can see it now when I look back, I was so focused on becoming this entrepreneur, this author, this podcaster, this whatever, that my hair and makeup business took a huge hit Mm. and took a huge backseat for a while because Mm. I wasn't thinking I could do both. Yep. And I was thinking I had to prioritize one and I wasn't even paying attention to my business as much. And I don't know. I mean, we're still doing great. So I don't think it like hurt my business, Yeah. but I see where I wasn't giving it the love, the attention that it needed at the time. I like the Instagram page for it sucked. I never posted on or anything. And it was like, why was I so like, only got to do this one. Let's focus right. on this one. Like this is just whatever. And now this year I've gotten to a point where it's about, you know, balancing it because I can do both things. And you mm-hmm. know what? I shared my live event on my hair and makeup page because mm-hmm. those are women. Mm-hmm. Those are women. They're going to, are going to local totally. and come to an event. So like, yeah. that's where I think when people are like, Oh, just niche down. Like, I think you can totally cross into different things. I think you're going to reach different people. I get completely different audiences from like YouTube, for example, than I do anywhere else. Yeah. And so I, I don't believe in it. I think you can totally be multi-passionate. I think you can do a lot of things because people are multi-talented. We are mm-hmm. multifaceted. We're and, not meant to be one thing and that's it. And I think what you said is so, so legit and resonates so much with me, which is that like people, people come and want to see more than just one thing out of mm-hmm. you. Like, yes, you can be an expert around a certain thing, which obviously you're an expert around being sober. Like that's your big, like over, I think your overarching thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, like I'm an expert around overcoming emotional and binge eating, but there are so many other pieces of the puzzle. And right. when you, I think, the the lesson here is that when you allow yourself to fully step into like your unicorn magic potential and like where you really want to go, like either you can balance it all or you can let the seasons happen. Like mm-hmm. I also think that there are times when like things take over and maybe have a little more priority and that's okay. Like I kind of hate the word balance because I think it's a kind of a load of bullshit. Like I don't believe that we can always have balance of all these things. Like right now, like my, my energy and like my focus and, and everything is like in my relationship and like deeply in that. And that is serving my business that is serving everything else. And I think we get so stuck that we need to be constantly grinding, constantly hustling. And, um, I've been really learning to like take that with a grain of salt, you know, and like really put me time into me in order to have that reflect in my business. And it's like, everything is tripled and in ways that were supposed to happen. And my book is like come to fruition, which is insane. And like, that was a, a path that I always thought I wanted, but I didn't really know what happened. And, you know, it did because I trusted and I listened and I just went with the gut tugs and the intuition. So I think what Sarah is saying is so, so important to realize, like whether you are an entrepreneur or not, like you can do all the things like, and also you don't have to do all the things (laughs) if that doesn't resonate either with you. (laughs) Um, But like you can, and, and they can happen in, in waves and um, you can just feel, yeah, like aligned in your purpose that way via different means. um, Yeah. In business in life and all the things. So I love that. Absolutely. Slashes for life. Yes. Slash everything. (laughs) Can't even fit it all in my IG bio. (laughs) Okay. So last thing I want to say before we get to our final questions is I feel like you are one of the few people that I know online who is 
very authentically themselves and like, you know, doesn't dim their light for anyone. Mm-hmm. Were you always like that? Or is that just something that, you know, you, you came into like, yeah. because I get, the, I get this question a lot too. And I just, I think it's really rare to find people like, yeah. <laughs> like you. Um, I think I've like, I was a very shy child, mm. but I think I've always been pretty outgoing from like teen years beyond. Yeah. And I, I do kind of have that, that sass, that attitude where it's like, I'm going to do what I want. Like I've always had that side to me. Yeah. But like, you know, for, for example, my mother has always hated that I have profanity in everything that I do. My mother's very baby boomer, old school, mm-hmm. be a lady. Mm-hmm. And I've always just been like, She's I'm not changing who I am. That's me. Like that, <laughs> that's how I, I mean, I've had that personality for a very long time. Yeah. And it's funny because I have so many people say like, you're so authentic. You're so real. Mm-hmm. Like so many people tell mm-hmm. me that. And I think it is because in social media, everything's fucking filtered and fake and highlight reeled yeah. for sure. Fuck yeah. And that's what I like is like, I connect to people that are real and I connect to people mm-hmm. that are not always perfectly made up. And if you guys mm-hmm. come to my Insta stories, I am in my pajamas mm-hmm. with my hair up and no makeup on every single fucking day because that's yep. how I live. Yep. I'm not going to wait and be like, oh, let me wait let until me I put makeup that. on later and then <laughs> yeah. I'll post some videos. Like, fuck no, I that's like, not me. I feel like it's a, the rare exception when my followers see me with makeup on. <laughs> I'm they like, you guys, I'm wearing makeup. Yes. <laughs> they literally, like people, when I, I laugh sometimes because I had someone tell me, she's like, it's so funny. Like I'll watch one of your stories and you're like completely in pajamas and the next you're like full glam and I know you're going somewhere to work that day yeah, like yeah, yeah. Work from home and I'm like yeah it's literally me yeah I love it but I think I think it's so I think following people like that you guys is so important because it gives you a reminder to be that for yourself right and whether it's you know like laughing so hard you honk which is hello like I'm raising my hand and not worrying about what other people think like I'm or it's, you know, not wearing makeup or whatever it is that is your authentic self. Like that is what we want to see more of. Yeah. Like that is what connects you to your people. And like, that is how Sarah and I met, you know, like we would have never met online if we hadn't been like, yeah, I drop F-bonds on the fucking regular, like can't hang. Sorry. <laughs> we're probably not going to get along. And like that, I just think that whether it's that you swear or that you, you know, are so obsessed with your dog that you don't know how to like not talk to him or her or them in a like very intense voice. (laughs) Like that's you like own that. And I'm like, I watch the bachelorette. Like here we are. Like that's my shit. And I, I'm obsessed with it. And like, I'm not going to dim that down and you can judge me all you want, but I've watched it since season one with Trisha and Ryan and, or even before that. And like, I love them. I still follow their life. So, you know, (laughs) I love you so much. I could talk to you forever. (laughs) (laughs) Um, okay. You ready for some fun, fast questions? Yeah. Do, 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 do. do. Okay. These are just funny. So what's your current favorite obsession? I feel like I'm not being fun and fast because I'm like, what is my current obsession? <laughs> That's okay. I know. I'm like, what am I obsessed with? Um, Girls Incarcerated on Netflix. I'm sorry, what? Girls Incarcerated on Netflix. Say more about this. <laughs> How do I now? I not, is this a show? I was thinking like, what? Yeah, I was thinking like, what have I done a lot of lately mm. that I'm like, yeah, I binged the entire second season because it just came out. Um, it is dead. literally like teenagers. Uh, in juvenile detention facilities, like basically jail for teenagers. This does not surprise me at all about you with all of your obsession with like police, like watching. Yes. Like, oh my God, I love show? live PD. Like, like who am I? 
I try to get Andrew to watch it with me all the time. He's like, are you seriously watching what it? I'm like, do you think it's real? Do you think it's really real? Like, is this, <laughs> I love it. No, but Girls Incarcerated, because like, honestly, I like that one. I feel like because you hear, like they all have very different stories and they share mm. the girls' stories. And like some of these girls have like really fucked up situations mm. and they like have this opportunity to like save themselves before yeah. they're old enough to be in prison. Yeah, basically. yeah, yeah. Interesting. So, oh, I love it. I binge watched the entire second season. All right, in like you guys, two days. I'll put that yeah. link in the show notes for y'all. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, if you had to choose between chocolate or cheese, what would you choose and why? Cheese, hands down. Oh, interesting. I am totally like a carb savory person. I oh my god, like bread with like dipping oil. Mm. Like garlic bread with cheese on it. Like what? <laughs> like let's go get food right now. <laughs> I'm definitely the cheese person. <laughs> I am the chocolate person. I do love me some cheese, but I am for sure. Yeah. Like if I had to choose for the rest of my I life, I a little I bit chocolate. of a sweet tooth. But I've always been like a carb cheese girl for yeah. sure. Oh, my, my binge eating days were all about the sweets. <laughs> Mac and cheese. Like that was me. <laughs> okay. All right. All right. Okay. What's one of your favorite like ritual, daily rituals that you can't go a day without? I have a pretty solid like morning routine, I'd say. Mm-hmm. Um, I am very extra with my coffee. If anyone watches me on Instagram, they probably know that. But yes. like I have like a frother. I've got all the flavorings, all the, <laughs> the creamers. Like I've got everything. I've got the cute mugs every day. Yeah, your cute mugs that I'm obsessed with. I have the cutest mugs. Um, but Andrew gets so pissed at me every time he opens the cupboard. He's like, why do we have so many fucking mugs? Like why are <laughs> yeah, you Yeah, we do too. Mugs? They're like stacked on top of each other. I'm I like, it's sorry. I'm like, it's saving space. (laughs) Yeah. My morning routine is pretty solid. I always, I have my, my extra coffee. I always do some sort of reading. I always, sometimes I'll listen to a podcast. Mm. Do a lot of things like that though. Something to inspire. Yeah. Like the self-work, like I like to get myself in a good headspace. Like I like Mm. to, you know, follow inspirational people. Sometimes in the morning I'll sit down with my coffee and watch stories of people that I like to follow. Mm. Who do you like to to follow right now? Oh, I follow so many people. I love Kara Awaleba. I love, I love Rachel Bell. She is one of my new mm, ones. Yeah, I know who she She's is. She's more of like a business coach, but yeah. I love how she is real to the real. Yeah, she has a lot like of Instagram the realist. stuff. Yeah. <laughs> so I love following her because she's just always there, no makeup, not ready. Like I like her for that reason. Mm-hmm. Who else do I follow? I love Marshawn Evans. I love, gosh, I feel like I just found some new ones too. There's a girl that does beach body. You might know who she is. Alyssa Gal- Galios. Mm. Gal- Galios. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm probably pronouncing it wrong. Um, she is writing a book right now too. And her and I kind of talked a little bit about it, but um, love following her. Yeah. She, she's overcome a lot of shit in her life, which is going to be in her book, but love following her. I'm literally looking at my phone. Like who else is on my most recent Well, thing? those are some good ones for sure. That I can those are really, like. those are really good ones. Yeah. yeah. Amaze balls. Oh my gosh. I love you so dear. Um, okay. Last, last big question, which I ask all my peeps, which is what does it mean to you to live your fuck yes life? To live the life of my dreams. Mm. That's my mantra. Every day I tell myself I am living the life of my dreams. I love there is no limit. There is no ceiling. Dreams aren't too big. Like Mm. I can do it. It's my choice. It's my option. Mm. Love that. I don't even think we need to say more than that because that is just the perfect way to exit. Okay, my love. Thank you for coming on. You are balls. You guys, if you are not following Sarah, all that will be in the show notes. But where can our listeners connect with you and love with you online? 
So my website is sarahordo.com. Basically everything is linked on there. I feel like um, mm-hmm. I'm super active on Instagram. I'm there every single day. My handle is 24lux underscore Sarah. But if you just put in my name, Sarah Ordo, it'll pop up. I'm the only one. So I'm on there. I'm on YouTube. All my books are on Amazon, Kindle, and barnesandnoble.com. My podcast, Your Best Fucking Life, is on iTunes and Stitcher. Mm-hmm. My events locally are in Detroit if you want to come meet yeah, me. Yeah, if you're in Michigan, go or close. Like, go. I feel I like some- I'm going to have to make it to one. I mean, it's kind of far from Chicago, yeah. but I'll make the drive. Sorry. I got some big, I got some big things coming. So, so excited. You guys make sure you follow her to stay tuned and up to date and for all of her future book <laughs> and and past oh books. God, book number 25. <laughs> I know. I feel like next time I'm going to have you on, you're going to have written like 20. <laughs> well, I have my 32nd book launching. <laughs> great, great, great. I love it so much. Um, and thank you so much for coming on. You are amazeballs. Yeah. Thank you for having me. And there you have it. Thank you, Sarah, so much for coming on the podcast and for everything we talked about in today's episode. You can check it out in the show notes at amandacatherineloy.com forward slash podcast forward slash seven zero. That's 70 bitches. Um, and as always, if you're on your you know device, you can just swipe and see um, and get quick, quick links because we all like it at quick at the fingertips, right? That's how we do it. Y'all, I'm getting I'm getting weird. I'm getting weird. Um, but for real, uh, thank you guys for listening. I love you guys so fucking much. If you like today's episode, share it with a friend. Shout out Sarah on Instagram. Her link for all of that, um, like I said, is in the show notes. And let her know what you vibed with. Um, you know, tag us both. Um, we would love to hear from you. And as always, um, if you love this, share this with a friend, share this with your grandmother, share this with your next door neighbor, and leave a review uh, on the podcast. It really does help get all the eyeballs in front of this and get amazing um, conversations to somebody who might need this, who might be in the depths of alcoholism right now and really could use some love. Or maybe they're just, you know, struggling with something and they really need a little light in their life. Be that light and send this episode. And until next week, y'all, I will see you on the flip side. Bye-bye.